It's been two weeks since the World Cup final between France and Croatia. There was uh, an initial desire to have a recording and either go live or record immediately after the game. And I hesitated when I realized that while this game was very exciting and thrilling and a wonderful thing to experience, that recording after, immediately after, even during, would actually shortchange what the effects of the final really are. Because while they decide who the champion is, who takes second place, and they also decide how things will be planned for next year and the year after, and then those two remaining years leading up to the World Cup. And because of that, it seemed wrong to limit the scope to simply that one moment, that one game. Thrilling it as it might have been, and it was, and we'll get to that. But we'll also include all of the elements that made the World Cup final much more than just one game. Among the first revelations were the uh, stories that were kept secret because each team wanted to remain as competitive as possible. For example, Kylian Mbappe revealed just four days ago that he was actually injured before the start of play for both the semi-final and the World Cup final. That kind of story won't come out leading up to or even immediately after the World Cup final. That's a secret that teams and players like to keep to themselves because they don't want to create a psychological advantage or opportunity for their opponents. But because of that, reporting about the game immediately afterward would then require a follow-up. And I believe that after the month-long excitement of the World Cup experience and the tournament play, that having a final game report followed by these staggering reports that will come out later would simply be dragging out what was a wonderful experience and turning it into something that might feel more humdrum if it was bits of details that were sprinkled here and there. So not only were there developments like Mbappe's injuries that he played through, and he was not the only one, and there were actually a few players who, when their team had finished playing, or when the tournament was finally over, revealed the different injuries that they had been facing. I know that... Uh, Neymar and Ronaldo were among them, and when it comes to players of their caliber who are stars, they have to protect that information. And now we're going to take a quick break 
to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Once the final game had concluded, the awards, which could never have been revealed until the tournament was completed, were handed out. Mbappe was uh, named the best young player. Croatia's Luka Modric was given the Golden Ball Award, and he was considered to be, by many, the most complete player of the game. Harry Kane, the English standout, who uh, really displayed numerous examples of skill in penalty kick opportunities, received the Golden Boot Award, and Belgium goalie Thibaut Courtois was voted the best goalkeeper. These are the kinds of things that can only be decided with a bit of perspective, and it was only after the final game and the tournament had concluded that these awards could be given out. I enjoy the fact that by announcing them at the end of the tournament, they allow for reflection on those players who were clearly exceptional and deserving of great recognition that weren't able to participate in the World Cup final and how they also were examples of how individual excellence are never the determining factor to winning a World Cup final, that in all ways, only one of those players named for an award was on a winning team. And that was because he was part of a winning team and not just one of many winning players. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. Perhaps the last thing that can be looked at with the advantage of perspective and distance are the bits of ephemera, unexpected quirks that arise anytime a event is held on the world stage and on a global scale. Uh, one example would be the appearance of fans and maybe political statements those who were running onto the field during the World Cup final to interrupt, uh, the cameras never focus on them clearly enough for very long for fear that they are streakers or carrying something that is an inappropriate message or uh, symbol to be viewed on national and international television. But it was later revealed that it was the Russian uh, rock-slash-punk and political activist band Pussy Riot, who had worked their way onto the fields to continue their political disruption message over injustices that are experienced by the Russian people and are oftentimes overlooked when Russia is viewed on the world stage and tries to keep those elements quiet. But it wasn't all seriousness in politics. There was also the introduction of a worldwide phenomena that had maybe not been known to the general public at large, and that was the online playing experience Fortnite. 
Francis Griezmann brought it to national attention after scoring a goal and celebrating with the signature Fortnite move. You can go online to YouTube and I'm sure many other places to see this dance. And if you're a Fortnite player, you already know what I'm talking about. I happen to work on a video game and I've been to the GDC this past year and have seen enough Fortnite that I'm aware of it. But it was fun to see others recognizing it and responding. And I think the only other thing that really stuck out for me on the ephemera side is how the little things that still won't be able to be measured um, for the weeks to come. And that would be the impact of players from the Chinese Super League, nine of whom were able to really demonstrate just how talented they are and what impacts they can have for national and international teams. And also uh, a recent story that I saw in The Telegraph about how some players from uh, the English Premier League, like Tottenham, could be struggling because they had such heavy involvement in the World Cup and might be facing issues like fatigue. Those things are still in the process of being measured and understood, and the other elements that can come following such an extended experience like the World Cup might not be clear enough for the average viewer, the uh, analyst, or the coach to understand until we're well into November or December, and to look back and to see where the different degrees of that involvement played a role or had their greatest or most noticeable impacts. What happens with the World Cup and the final is that the last motions are like water being struck by a pebble or a gong that's struck with the mallet. The impact is initial, but the reverberations always continue. And we're going to continue to see the effects and the impact and the results of this World Cup final for weeks, months, and I believe even years to come. And now we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with this word from our sponsor. My final impression is the way that this World Cup allowed me to connect with even more people around me at work, in my day-to-day -day life, at the grocery store. And that connection feels that it has grown and is growing stronger with each World Cup. And that's the value and the impact that I feel continues to resonate. The experience that was shared by so many that crossed so many lines, and I know this is cheesy, but for me, the beauty of the World Cup is the way it can be shared by so many people all at the same time, and that the impacts afterwards can be understood by all those people who were there, who witnessed it, 
who felt it and who will carry that as a memory. And those memories can be shared in discussions and reflections and our ability to use those as a way to continue connecting. Well, it's what I'm going to continue to look forward to with each World Cup. And it's something that I'm going to, I know, continue to enjoy with each tournament that I get to experience and share with others. As always, thanks for listening to Storytelling with Seth. I know that my follow-up to the World Cup took a little while, and I appreciate your patience, and I hope you enjoyed my perspective, my reflections, and these few thoughts two weeks later when the final cup match has already ended. If you get a chance, please feel free to leave me a message. You can do so on the Anchor app or reach out to me uh, by email at sessingleton at gmail.com or contact me on social media. Trust me, look for Seth Storytelling and I'm sure you'll find me. Thanks again. Thank you again for listening to Storytelling with Seth. Whether you're listening on Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, iOS, Google Play, or one of the many other platforms available, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you're one of those generous supporters, thank you. If you didn't know, you can support my podcast While you're listening to this recording, feel free to take a look for the link that says to support me, which should be a really simple little button. And if you're having any trouble, don't hesitate to reach out and let me know, and I'll make sure that I'll do my best to help. But your listening, your continued support is what makes these podcasts possible, and I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again not only for listening, but for your generous support and for all the different platforms that you listen to Storytelling with Seth. I look forward to sharing my next story with you soon.